You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. Good morning. It's great to be here today. Are you glad to be in the house of God this morning? If I haven't met you, I'm Pastor Paul. I'm uh, the Connections Pastor here at Calvary Assembly or Cal- Calvary Church. A nice 40 and slip there. And uh, it's great to be here. I'm also Pastor Nick's father. And uh, I want to introduce to you my wife today. Hi, I'm Sharon. I am Pastor Nick's mother. And I have a lot of stories. I'm wearing a brace today, and some of you are going to be searching. If you're watching online, you probably wonder, what is that contraption on his body? Well, I had an accident about a month and a half ago, two and a half months ago. Uh, Fell and broke my C7 bone in my neck and had a pretty catastrophic accident. Uh, Thank God I'm alive. Thank God I'm walking, and I have feeling in all my extremities, and I'm fine, and I'm surviving and working well through that. Um, It's a joy to be here today, and that's an explanation as to why I'm wearing this brace. Well, we would like to tell you a little bit about ourselves. First off, we have heard the past two messages uh, by Pastor Nick and Heidi and by Pastor Lance and Jen, and we kind of wanted to fit in just like they did. If you notice, they each had tablets, so we brought our tablets today, so, okay. (laughs) Little different perspective. Hi, Justin. Little different perspective, little different everything, but it's really good to be with you all today. And we are excited to be here. As we said, he's Paul, I'm Sharon, we are Pastor Nick's parents. And we were married June 2nd, 1979, an incredibly wonderful day. And we were excited to begin life together with no idea whatsoever what we were doing. Through the time, we had two children, the best kids in the entire world. We had Nick, and then we had Natasha. They are my favorite kids. They have been incredible. They have absolutely driven me nuts. There were times when I thought, this is absolutely the best family ever, and there were times when I thought, where can I get rid of these kids for a while? But they really were my best The best thing that we did together, I believe. We met at Living Waters Camp in July of 1977, got married two years later. It was not love at first sight. When I first met my husband, he told me that, (laughs) yeah, really. (laughs) How dare you? I'm honest. When I met my husband, He was so excited, and he said, as if it were something to be proud of, sorry, Amber, I'm from Scottsdale. And I thought, what do you want? A medal or a chest to wear it on? However. Some people's kids, I tell you. From then on, we we learned a lot about each other. We learned to fall in love. 
and we learned that our families are very, very different. We were each raised in a Christian home, but it was a different home, and we each came to the marriage with a different perspective. And I think that's very important for you to understand, for each of us to understand that in marriage, there are always, always, always differences. And it's important to recognize those differences and somewhat celebrate them. I realized that when Nick and Heidi got married, Heidi came from a different perspective than from what Nick had. And what I I have seen over the years that they've been married is that they complete each other, that Nick makes Heidi much better, and Heidi makes Nick much better. And I thank God for that. And I think that's very important in marriage to realize that we are to complement each other. We are the older ones sharing on this subject. We realize that. So we're, um, I don't want to say we're old because we're not old, but we come from a place of wisdom, a place of a perspective that some of you don't have yet. It has taken us 40 years to get here. We've had our ups and downs. We've had our difficulties. June 2nd was our anniversary. Look what I got for our anniversary. (laughs) This past past spring and summer, it seemed like we spent uh, the most important holidays in the hospital, but that was okay. It has taken us 40 years to get here. And let me tell you right now, it is really good. We are really good. It is really good. Today, we will be sharing on the theme, you will never cease to model Jesus. Please keep that in mind. Modeling or exampling would be the most critical aspect of what we share today, and it takes on so many different perspectives, honey. Examples are models or patterns. In our lives, we've had a lot of different people to uh, pattern our life after. In 1 Timothy chapter uh, 4, verse 12, God's Word says, set the believers, set before the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. It's important to have a pattern. Now, before we moved here, we had to downsize and get rid of a lot of things. Some of you, most of you probably don't know it, but I really enjoy sewing. I love to sew. And over the years, I had collected quite a few patterns. In fact, I had two pattern cases. You know the pattern cases when you go into the fabric store that are filled with patterns? I had two of those packed full of patterns. And I love to open the drawers and just pull them out a little bit at a time and just look at the patterns and say, oh, think of the possibility. Look what this could do. Look what this could become. But it's important when you have a pattern that you follow it. I have taken patterns before and just looked at it and laid it on the fabric and pinned it on and started cutting and thinking, "Mm, I'm not going to pay attention to this. I'm going to add something. And I would add a little piece there or there or here and just change things up. But quite often when I did not follow the pattern, it didn't work. It's important to have a model, a pattern. Now, God's Word tells us in this passage that we just read that we are to set before believers, set before others in the world a pattern of our speech, our conduct, our love, our faith, and our purity. So in speech, it's important that we speak the truth, that we speak things of um, good things. It's very important for us to have a perspective of saying what is good. 
There are times when I look at something and I think, oh man, how is it that he could have messed this up so bad? I love my husband dearly, but he has this one really, 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 really bad habit. Really bad. Annoys the daylights out of me. Careful. He likes to... Careful, careful, careful. Walk softly. Now... Right now, I have to take care of these things, but he has traditionally been the one to uh, take the trash out. And he has this habit of emptying the trash cans, which is a good thing, and putting them back where they belong. But once he empties them, I'm not allowed to put trash in it because he just emptied it. Now, I will never understand that. A trash can is made for trash, but I'm not allowed to put it in but there. But it's empty. But it's empty. That's right. So it's ready to be you filled. You need to leave it empty for a while. No, you don't. My obsessions say you should leave it empty. But I have learned, instead of saying, what do you mean I can't put trash in it? What do you expect me to do? Carry it around sure. all day? In my speech, it's important for me to say, I really appreciate the fact that you take care of the trash, that it's not something that I have to do. I have found since he's gone through this with the brace, the broken neck, the whole thing, that I have to take the trash out. And so every Thursday night before I go to bed, I set my alarm for 5 or 5.30 because I want to make sure that I get the trash out before the trash cup uh, truck comes in the morning. And it's very important to do that. You know that's important. A couple weeks ago, I set my alarm. I went through the house. I gathered up all the trash. I had it in the two trash cans. I pulled it out to the driveway. I had it all ready to go. And the you trash go, girl. Yes, it was. I was. I was on a roll. And the Good trash girl. truck came, and they skipped our house. Now, what's with that? I mean, everybody else's was taken, but ours. And I was so annoyed. And I knew that he was going to get up and look at it and say, "You didn't get it out there in time, did you?" So. I got him before he was awake. And I said, look, I got to tell you something, Paul. He, they didn't get our trash. They didn't. I had it out there in time. It was important to me to tell him that I had it out there in time because I wanted him to think good of me. And I did get it out there in time, and eventually came, they came back around and got it. But it's important that we speak things that are good. It's important that we act in ways that are good, and that we example before others things that are good as far as our relationship goes. And it's also important that we worship together, that in faith we example before others. As we were raising our kids, we tried very hard to live at home what we preached at church. We tried very hard to let our kids know that Jesus was very important to us at home just as he was at church. When you live your faith before your children, they pick it up and they learn it. And I love, love, love seeing my kids ministering in different ways. And what I love even more is when I see my grandkids beginning to pick ways up. I have a grandson, in case you didn't know it, know it named Zach. And Zach is the apple of my eye. He just, I adore that kid. I love all my grandkids. It's not that I love him more than the others, but I adore that kid. And I love putting ideas into his head. I do that sometimes. Don't tell Nick and Heidi this, but I love to put ideas into his head about what to do. But there, it's so much fun to see him acting out faith. Um, he enjoys 
sweeping sometimes and doing dishes and cleaning and doing things around the church. It's important to live your faith before your kids. It's important to example impurity, to be pure, to be honest. I tell Zach all the time, I will never tell you a lie. I will tell you the truth. If you ask me a question, I will tell you the truth. Now, I might not tell him everything, but I will tell him the truth. And we have tried with our kids to example that. I've tried in, we've tried in our marriage to live honestly before God and before each other. But the most important part there is to example love, in love. We love to love each other, and it's important to do that. As we've heard the past couple weeks, love is a choice. It's not just a feeling. It is an action, and it's important for us to express our love to each other in very tangible ways. Sometimes that means, that means when I'm exhausted and really tired that we do it anyway, that we take care of each other anyway. The past two and a half months have been a real stretch for both of us. And I have found myself saying to myself often, I'm so glad that I love him. I am so glad that I love him. And you might think, oh, that's so sweet. I am so glad that I love him because I will pick up that water bottle cap and hand it to him. And then when he takes his finger and says, but the water bottle's over there, I am so glad that I love him because I will put that cap on the water bottle when he could have very easily reached over and grabbed it himself. But I love him. I love him. All right, then. (laughs) Examples are ageless. Can I say that again? Examples are ageless. And very important today that we realize being an example in marriage and being an example in this world comes with it much wisdom, particularly through the ages. And uh, honey, read 1 Timothy 4.12a, would you please? 1 Timothy 4.12, the beginning part says, let no man despise you for your youth. I think a A good translation, a good understanding of that is, let no man despise you no matter what age you are. Sometimes we learn electronic things from our children. Um, I've had this bout with the four-year video system um, for about four or five months now, and I've been trying to operate that thing, and invariably I have to call Nick somewhere in the church to come and get him to fix that for me and get it running. And it's kind of like he's reverse mentoring me, teaching me. Once in a while, we'll have Zach at our house, and he'll teach us things to do on our phone. Heidi and Nick, I'm sorry to to tell you that, but he knows more about the phone than I do. And sometimes we learn in reverse mentoring. And particularly when it comes to electronics and, and technology, kids really know a lot more about technology than Sharon and I. As I said, and she said earlier, we have our tablets here. I'm, I'm one of the last old school guys. I write my sermons out. For any of you who have been involved in ministry and you're online watching us today, I'm one of the last old school guys. I write my sermons out word for word, really, seriously. And I have files upon files of messages, and that's just how I operate. That's what I learned to do when I was young in college. It's what I learned to do. It's what I still do today. I don't type them out. I, don't, I handwrite them. But that, that said, 
there's something to be learned from those who are younger in technology and learning that things can be done quicker and things can be done more efficiently. And so we're learning that, and we learn that reverse mentoring. But let's be really careful not to misunderstand the fact in Job chapter 12 and verse 12, the scripture says, it is not wisdom found among the aged, does not long life bring understanding. You see, we learn from all ages. Job 20, 32 and verse seven says, let days speak and many years teach wisdom. You know, the older we get, frankly, like Solomon, we learn about wisdom. Wisdom comes in several ways. One, wisdom comes through learned experience. And never underestimate the wisdom that's sitting beside you in this church today. Never look down on those who are younger because they have much to give. Don't look down on them because they're serving the Lord. But those of you who are younger, don't look down on those who are older. They are chock full of wisdom. Wisdom you need to learn and yearn from. Couples, you need to watch those who've been married for 40 years like us, 50 years, 60 years. In fact, let me ask today, how many of you in this sanctuary have been married longer than 40 years. Raise your hand, will you? Longer than 40 years. Look at that. Look around. Look. Look at that. I hope you took a note of that because you should look at them and watch and follow their examples. When we talk about being married happily ever after, that doesn't come by accident. It comes by a lot of hard work. And it also comes by the examples that we show to each other. Um, Sharon, read the scripture from Ecclesiastes 4. Okay, the best example is that we're better together. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12 says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? The one may be overpowered. Two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. The three strands. The husband, the wife, and most of all, God. May I say to you this morning, not only in a marriage relationship, but in relationships in general. So let's, let's just be really clear this morning when we think about happily ever after. We're not just talking today. We are talking about marriage, but we're also talking about relationships in general across the board, even in this room today and in our lives where we work and we play and we live. Those relationships break down many times because, because we fail to realize that God is the strength of our relationships. When I've done a lot of marriage counseling and I've done premarital counseling, I've used a triangle uh, God on the top of the triangle, the husband over here on the left of the triangle, the wife on the right. And the closer that husband and wife get to God, the closer they get to each other. Notice that? If you're following with me on a, on a thought of a triangle, the closer they walk toward God, the closer they get to each other. And I would admonish you this morning, the same happens in our relationships in this world. It happens with a child and a parent. It happens with fellow workers, co-workers. When somebody in a workplace starts a Bible study, you know the workers in that, that workplace get closer together. You know that, right? Because the closer we get to God in our relationships, the closer we get together. And that's why the Word says to us, the husband and the wife 
most of all, those three strands, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. A very important principle. The scripture says, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. Not neat? Sometimes God puts us places that we don't really want to be. And I kind of think of it as sometimes God puts you in a recliner. It's not where you really want to be, but it's where you are for the moment. The last two and a half months, I found myself sleeping in a recliner. And I have to say to you this morning, it's one of the most difficult things in my life. You see, I can't lay down in a bed because this, this brace would come up over me and make me claustrophobic. I've sure tried. Sleeping has been a difficult thing for me, but the last... Uh, some of you have prayed for me privately in the last two weeks or so. My sleep has been much, much better. But I sleep in a recliner. And oh, how I miss sleeping beside my wife every night. I mean that. And the scripture bears that out. And I, and I want to say tonight that, or today, that when we are together, when a husband and a wife are together, and, and we dwell together, and we live together, the scripture again says, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. Though one can be overpowered, Two, can defend themselves. I believe this morning the most effective prayer in the world is prayer between a couple. And I like to say it like this, that when a couple prays together, when they embrace and they hug each other and pray and they begin to share the good news of Christ, not only verbally, but they share it in their emotional life and they begin to pray in faith together for something God really moves. I like to say this morning that it shakes mountains, stirs demons, sets captives free. If you have something in your life you really need to see change, take a believer's hand, maybe not your spouse even in a relationship, but this can happen in every relationship. Take the hand of someone next to you and begin to pray together. Because praying together is the most powerful prayer we can pray. But I have to go back again before we close to the prayer between a husband and a wife my friends I can't I can't overstate today the importance of praying together I can't overstate as we close this series happily ever after may I leave this with you that examples are critical and one of the great examples Sharon and I can leave with you is that we pray together. And by the way, we prayed together for you already today. We've hugged and embraced, and we've already prayed together with you to, for you today. And I believe that when you pray like that, you can see mountains moved. You can see children who need to come to Christ come to the Lord. You can see job opportunities open up. You can think, see things change that you can't even believe will change. God is the God of miraculous. And I know prayer changes things. But I like to hear what Ecclesiastes says to us again. If two lie down together, they will keep warm. But, if one, but how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Amen? Oh, praise the Lord. God is good this morning. Now I have to get up out of this chair. There we go, honey. I'm going to ask you to stand with us today, please, all over the sanctuary. And I'm going to ask you to join the hand of somebody next to you, please. 
And maybe there's something you're praying about today. And maybe there's something you really need God to help you with. And maybe you're together as a couple today and you know that mutually. You can pray that now. Maybe you're just right beside somebody else today. And they don't know your prayer need and you don't know theirs, but boy, you can sure pray and they can join you. Let's pray together this morning. Prayers that would shake mountains. Prayers that would set set captives free today. Father, we thank you, Lord. You are a great God. We thank you, Lord, this morning that you hear and answer our prayers. We thank you, Lord, for the examples that you have given to us throughout our lives, examples that have touched our lives and changed us, Lord. Examples, Lord, that, that have kept us, Father. And we thank you, Lord, for the marriages and the families and the couples that we, Sharon and I, have seen in front of us that have modeled love to us. We thank you, Lord, this morning for the examples that are met in this sanctuary, for the many who have been married for all so many years who are exampling today your love. And I pray today, God, that you would bless every marriage. I pray that you would bless every couple. And I pray particularly this morning for the fractured relationships of people in this room. Oh, maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a fractured relationship at work. Maybe it's a fractured relationship with a next-door neighbor. Oh, God, maybe it's a fractured relationship with a sibling. I pray, God, this morning as we leave this room that you would bring those relationships back together. That, God, in Jesus' name, we just plead the blood of Christ over those relationships today. And we pray, God, that you would take authority over those relationships. And, God, a cord of three strands would not be easily broken. And we would see miracle after miracle because of the prayer time this morning. God, we thank you. In faith, we ask this in Jesus' name. This is Pastor Nick Poole, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, You'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.